Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Dobradon and welcome to Podcast 441. Kurt Mortensen here. This is Maximize Your Influence. I'll let you figure out what country that comes from. Spend the last week in Europe. Seven countries in 10 days. Crazy, running, running, doing stuff, seeing stuff. Although, and let me know if this is you. I don't think that's a vacation. That's just seeing stuff. To me, vacation's on the beach, sand between the toes, swimming in the ocean. <laughs> Oh, you could eat food. That's relaxing without the stress of seeing stuff. I think that's a problem with the cruise, too. I mean, they're nice, fun, good food, but it's so stressful. You're in a new country every day. You got to see it, got to see it, got to see it. Anyway, I guess they both have their pros and cons. Good to have you here. Hope things are going well, that you've had a good week, that you've increased your happiness a few notches, you're becoming more influential, you're improving your relationships, and hey, making the world a better place. That's what it's all about. So today we're going to get into triggering the right response. Sometimes we want a yes, sometimes we want a no, sometimes we want a maybe, sometimes we want micro yeses, sometimes we want these bigger yeses. There's a time and place for everything. It depends on personality and it depends on the situation. Is it persuasion? Is it negotiation? It matters. So we're going to take a deep dive into that. But let's dive into the very first thing, the persuasion blunder of the week. Over. And this is one I relearned, being a tourist. Everyone rips on the tourists. I mean, a lot of these countries, nobody likes you. Well, that's a strong term. Some people don't like you because we have what's called a fundamental attribution error. Now, if you've taken a psychology course or basic persuasion course, you're going to hear the FAA fundamental attribution error. So let me explain that, then I'll get into the blunder a little bit. It's basically the tendency for people, when they're looking at someone's behavior, what they did, they underemphasize the situation that they're in, they underemphasize their personality, the environment, to explain the behavior. And this happens in when we're in other cultures, with people with other personalities who have different brains, their brains are programmed differently. We just think that consensus bias that everyone thinks like us, behaves like us, would do the same thing like us, would help people like us. That's not always true. So that switch is based on personality, culture, the environment, the situation. All these things come into play. And that's a big challenge, especially in persuasion negotiation. We're just judge them through our glasses versus really getting in their shoes and persuading them how they want to be persuaded. We've talked about that. Basically, the tendency to believe that what people do is basically who they are. That's who they are as a person. And it could be getting situational. It could be something in the environment. It could have bits and pieces of the personality is all part of that. So we over-attribute these behaviors. We basically judge them based on what we think we would do, what they should do. Well, that's how it is versus really, all right, what's the real issue? What's the bigger issue? Because maybe an amiable personality doesn't like to argue, doesn't like stress, doesn't like disagreement, conflict. But if somebody did something with their children... A teacher said something at school, you might see that person based on that situation and the environment their children are in go crazy, get upset, get angry, 
and dive right into that conflict. It could be different. So as you're judging them, you're looking at it the wrong way. Probably the best example that I've heard, many people use this one, is someone cuts you off in traffic. You think, I would never do that. That's rude. That's inconsiderate. I almost crash. I have people in the car. You get upset. You're angry. Good people don't do that. Those are your thoughts. Those are your beliefs. That's what you're looking at. You don't look at their situation, their environment, what's going on. That's the error. Well, only thinking of himself, selfish jerk. Wait a minute. Is there someone sick that's going to the hospital and he goes to the emergency room in the car? Late for the airport? Has a child that's sick at school? Going to a job interview? Wants to get there early? Any of those things could cause people to cut people off, not even think about it. Maybe not even do it on purpose. Maybe they did, but they wouldn't normally do that in a normal situation. So again, that's the FAE, Fundamental Attribution Error, Common Psychology. Now you've learned the new term of the week. So one of the blunders I relearned is that what's rude in one country is not rude in another. But we base this fundamental attribution error based on what's acceptable in our country. Maybe even our personality. What's acceptable? And I've learned this before. (laughs) I've been to a lot of different countries. Some cultures perceive things differently, like space. Well, they're a close talker. They're talking too close. That's rude. Well, some cultures talk closer than others or further than others. There are certain cultures, and I'm not going to name names, that you just cut people off in line. That's what you do. And their mindset is, well, they didn't move. I'm going to cut in. I'm going to do it. That's just how it is. There's some cultures where you just dog eat dog, whether it be in traffic and driving and cutting people off and getting your nose in there. That's just what you do in some countries. That's rude. That's inconsiderate. I saw this lady with the stroller in a line, just actually hitting people with the wheels of the stroller, getting in line. That's their culture. That's okay. She's just into other cultures. That's rude. That's mean. That's inconsiderate. And when we do that, that could hurt the relationship, especially in the persuasion process. You see things that, oh man, they're mean, they're rude, they're inconsiderate, they're a jerk, they're unethical. It could be just common in their country. So it's different, not dumb. It's different, not rude. That's a challenge. The way we deal with space, the way that we do with lines, the way we drive, the way we're treated at a restaurant can all come back to that. So that's something that I relearned that I saw that we got to be very careful. People are different. That's okay. They'll act differently, but you can't base everything that's acceptable to you or to your country onto somebody else in another country. And that could even be beliefs. You know, every country has a different belief. So there you go. That's our persuasion blunder of the week. Be very careful, especially in negotiation persuasion, that you don't assume the wrong thing. Because you know what assuming does. And if you don't, (laughs) look it up. Which brings us to the geeky scholarly article. This comes from the Journal of Research in Marketing. Titled, Better Think Before Agreeing Twice, a similarity-based persuasion mechanism. Let me simplify it. Let's understand. We'll talk more about it throughout our podcast today. And remember, you can find these links and all the information at MaximizeYourInfluence.com to contact me, find out product services, take your free Persuasion IQ test, get the free book, Maximum Influence, just pick up a little shipping and handling. That's your spot. All the links, archives, there, good to go, MaximizeYourInfluence.com. So this is interesting. They're looking at people's compliance with the request. That that compliance increased when you started to get the yeses or you found similarities. Basically, too, when you said yes, you seem more similar to the person. 
And if you study law of connectivity and maximum influence, you know that similarity sparks relationships. So that, yes, your belief is similar. You agree on the same thing is a powerful thing. Now, a side note, negotiation, my research has found that when you start on your second, third, maybe negotiation or session or meeting, go back to the things that you've agreed upon, increase the connectivity, the likability, and that similarity. So they labeled it the mere agreement effect (laughs) to where they tried to get a couple of yeses. The one yes was good, but their magic number was a couple of yeses. That when they would get those yeses, get to that similarity, that there was a high level of agreement. So they discuss how this yes, this agreement, is a great tool in marketing and interactions and in persuasion. So we've talked about this before. I've labeled it foot in the door, sequential requests. You know, everyone has their different name for it. One of their studies that getting those yeses found that this agreement increased similarity, increased compliance, and made the person easier to influence. The third study showed that, yes, the agreement with the person that was doing the interview, and that would be the persuader in our situation, that the person was more helpful when they got the yeses. And let me add, each yes you get, the next one is usually easier to get, and it increased that similarity with the person doing the interviewing, doing the talking. So there you have it, also known as foot in the door. They're looking to get the two yeses, increases similarity, likability, that connection. Each yes gets easier, easier to get. We're going to talk more about that today. How do you get more yeses? How do you know when to get to know what response are you looking for? So that brings us into our content and our listener email. Oh boy. This one comes from Miles in the United States from the state of Kentucky. Yes, Kurt, I'm not sure where I took notes, if it was on InfluenceUniversity.com or at a seminar. By the way, use your email. You do get an upgrade or the gold version of InfluenceUniversity.com. Check it out. You'll learn a new persuasion tool every week. So it looks like we're going to upgrade miles from gold to platinum. He says, I don't know where I wrote this down. It was titled FITD, and I had five stars by it that it doubles the yeses. Implement now. (laughs) I laugh. He says, Kurt, I don't know what that means. (laughs) I know it's important. Can you tell me what it means? Well, Miles, you could search it in Influence University, but let me just tell you, it stands for foot in the door technique we're going to talk about. It does, in a lot of studies, double the amount of people that are influenced, increases compliance as we get into getting those right responses. How do we do that? So let's talk about... This foot in the door. We'll add another little study here. So these students that were studying computer science got an email that was 40 questions long. It was a survey on their food habits. They said that could take you 15, 20 minutes. So the survey, this questionnaire came from a hypothetical student, and they wanted to see if they'd fill it out. Now, interesting, 30 minutes before this questionnaire survey came, half the students were given a small solicitation. They just wanted a little question about file conversion, how they did it, you know, information about that. It was made by the same solicitor, the same student. That student went to the same university. They didn't know who it was. Obviously, they were made up, but it had come early. Just a little simple thing for them to do, the first yes. And it was clear that those who responded that first initial request, that first yes, were more compliant for the longer 40-question survey. That's the key here. It gets easier and easier for people to comply and say more yeses. 
So when you want the yes, let's start the persuasion process. Start with the easiest yeses first. That's true in negotiation. If there's 10 things to solve, don't go what most people do. The big blunder is they go and attack price, which is one of the hardest issues. The investment, they go over the easy stuff. Easiest yeses first. Hey, who do you want to be on the team? When's the delivery date? Things that are easy to say yes to, easy to get responses to. So this yes, especially those that are open to influence that really want their problem solved, it starts the persuasion process. You start convincing. But do be aware, some cultures you get a yes and it doesn't mean yes. Some cultures people just say yes because they want to hurt your feelings. Is it a real yes? You read their body language, listen to their voice. And of course, you've got to watch it too. You know, this is my peeve makes me angry when someone says, when they shake their head no, you wouldn't be interested, would you? And of course they're not. You've got to shake it up and down. Get the yes motion. Study after study shows that if you get someone just to mirror you up and down, to shake their head up and down, they're easier to influence. Watching a bouncing ball go vertically. When your head goes up and down watching it, I know this is crazy, but people are more likely to say yes. Students testing headphones. Some going up and down the yes motion. Some going side to side in the no motion. They're listening to music and there's a commercial to raise tuition. The ones going up and down were easier to influence. It's just how it is. So if you're in the middle of negotiation, easiest issues first. Talked about that. Then if you hit something that's kind of a roadblock, don't get the no. Just say, hey, let's set that aside for now and solve everything else. The way the psychology works on that is if you've solved nine things and there's one thing left to solve, that's easier psychologically. If there's 10 things to solve and you're getting resistance on the first thing, well, we got nine other things. It's hard to get to the end. Now, remember, part of this too is that micro yes, the easiest issues first. Sometimes you can persuade people. They don't even know they're being persuaded. They don't even know you got the yes. Instead of going to the conference room, can we go out to eat? Right? You've persuaded them. They say, can we do 10 o'clock? You're like, Ooh, how about 10.15? You didn't really care, but you've persuaded them. They don't feel persuaded. If you are in a meeting, hey, write this down, underline this. Can you read this sentence? Raise your hand if this has happened to you. All those things where you're getting that little yes, so they don't feel persuaded to raise their hands. Now, sometimes you'll have a meeting or an audience that they have the people, no, it doesn't matter what you say, they're not going to raise their hand. And so sometimes you can say, hey, how are you not going to raise your hand no matter what I say? And they'll raise their hand. And you'll get a chuckle and you'll increase your connection. Anyway, that's worked well for me. So that's the yes. You're starting the persuasion process. Now let's talk about when you want to get the no. Now as an influencer, as a salesperson, sometimes you want to put something out there. Hey, I don't think this is appropriate for you. That takeaway where they're like, well, no, no, I'm interested. So you know they're interested. They say, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> it saves you a little time. That's a good time to get the no. Or if you've wasted too much time with them, Sometimes it's refreshing to get the no and walk away. Don't waste any more time. Just saying. Now, this is really good if you're dealing with a personality that's, that likes to be the authority, that's the decision maker, that's the purchaser, that's the buyer, that's not going to deal with anything. In fact, professional negotiators are trained to get no's up front before they're allowed to say yes, even though it's a win-win good deal. So no's are good to put things into perspective. Call it the law of contrast and maximum influence. It's great for price, time, energy, where you start really big. Can I get two hours of your time? No. All right, can I get five minutes? Well, retail is 20000 but we have it on special for 15000 Can I get three people from your department to help me with this project? No. Can I at least get one? You see what we're doing here? So when we're putting perspective on time, getting the nose out of the way, starting high, we do this negotiation where it gives us room, wiggle room to negotiate. 
any type of negotiations, that's when you want to get the no. So not only to get them out of the way, but it puts things in perspective. Oh, two hours. Oh, no. Now they say, yes, take the two hours. If not, they give 10 minutes. That usually doubles the yeses that you get. Now, in the persuasion process, you're trying to influence them. You also want to keep the yeses. And so there are things you can do to say no without saying no. They say something like, no, we can't do that. You might want to back up and say, how would we? And fill in the blank. How are we supposed to make that happen? So you're not really saying no. They're coming up with maybe that no, that it's not possible. Throw it back in their court. Well, if we do nothing, what does that look like to you? How much do you think that'll cost? Or what is it costing you right now or ways to have them think through it? Because especially in management and leadership, a slow no is better. A lot of people, here comes their idea. No, it's not in the budget. We can't do that. I mean, you got to be careful of esteem. Law of esteem, you know that one. To where, let them down slowly. Let's look at the budget. Let's look at our time frames. We'll take a look at it. So maybe even a slow no could be something that you're looking at. So that's the no. Now, what about the maybe? Do you ever want a maybe? If you're selling somebody and you feel they're going to say no, or you're trying to influence up about your new project, things you want to work on, you're sensing that maybe your manager's going to say no. It could work in any situation. Basically, I think you already know that turning a no into a yes is much more difficult than turning a maybe into a yes. So if you're sensing a no from your prospect, say, you know what? I want to look at the supply chain. I want to look at this, see if this is available, if we can adjust this, get you a better deal here. Let me do a little research and give you a call. So you didn't get the no, you pretty much left it as a maybe. You're influencing up your big projects and you're sensing the no. Don't let them say no. Say, let me do a little more research. Let me check this out. Let's meet next week. I want to talk to you about it. So sometimes a maybe is good. If you're sensing there's still hope there, turning a maybe into a yes is much different than turning a no to a yes. And let me add a little tidbit to that. That they've said no multiple times to something, change the solution a little bit. Make it something a little different to where you're still getting what you need, but they really haven't said no to it. So instead of buying equipment, maybe you're leasing it. If they said no to a three-year deal, maybe make it a one-year deal. Just change it up a little bit. And final thing I want to talk about is, let me be a little corny here, the yo, which is the yes-no. And let me explain this. So if you're dealing with that person that you want to get the no's out of the way, but you want to start the persuasion process, you can get a no that means yes, <laughs> right? Again, especially with authority, decision makers, those type of people where they're expecting a few no, it's a basically a no that means yes. It's not really a no. Have you given up on this project? No. That means yes. Is this a bad time? No. This is a Yes. Are you 100% opposed to starting that next week? No, that's a yes, okay? <laughs> it's basically an agreement to continue with the sales and persuasion process. Any reason we can't talk this afternoon? Any challenge with you making an extra $1,000 a week? Any objection to finding a solution today? See, we're going with this. So that's kind of maybe a phase two for you, but think about it. You can get the nose out of the way while you're still starting that persuasion process. Every yes, you get easier and easier and easier. We're using the no to change the perception of time, energy, and resources. The maybe, if you don't want to stop the persuasion process, and the yo, or the no yes, the yes, no, however you want to put it, where you're getting some no's, but it still means yes. That's the key. That's what I want you to work on. That's what you do. Responses matter. You got to decide ahead of time the situation when you want the yes, maybe, no, or the yo. 
So they found that in a marketing approach that this sequence request, the foot in the door, when you look at a marketing funnel, it works really well when people are new, they're visitors. Maybe you start off with a simple ask. Every ask is a little bit different. You never, yes, you get the persuasion process is much easier to get. Let's do this. Let's mix it up. Our special of the week. Now, InfluenceUniversity.com, that's the advanced training to advance persuasion tools. There's webinars, there's videos, there's audios, there's book downloads. Pretty much everything I've created is on there. A special. Instead of paying the $25 a month, this is a lifetime membership. Influence University Gold for $97. Pretty simple. Hit the link. Get into it. You can go as fast or as slow as you want. You can follow my schedule. You can start learning the things that you're having the biggest challenges with. All right there, InfluenceUniversity.com. How do you persuade below the radar? Learn, relearn, remaster all your persuasion and sales skills. So there you go. There's my plug. Check it out. Let me know how it goes. One of the bonuses, you get a free coaching session with me. Whatever you want to work on or talk about. So there you have it. Work on the yes, no, the yo, the maybe. Pick the one that you have the biggest challenge with. Work on it this week. Add it to your influence toolbox. Become a better negotiator. Learn to become more charismatic and go out and persuade with power.